lot of pelican cases that uh, people are keeping <laughs> gear in. So, it, yeah, it's it's going to be great. I think it's going to be really fun. We're going to be talking to some audience members. We're going to be talking to some band members, and um, hopefully, we get to talk to our very own special friends, uh, Hibdib, the the ones that put this this whole uh, this whole thing out. And I want to talk to whoever's the owner of that hula hoop, because seriously. A hula hoop in it, a green it, room is a good sign. It, it actually makes sense if you if you know this this kind of like genre of music. The hula hoop <laughs> makes complete sense. That's right. Um, a lot of crystals. <laughs> okay, so this is the second Bellman's Ball, and um, it, it was interesting. I went to the first one, and uh, this was at, at the chapel about a year ago. Sorry, the chapel, yeah, in the Mission District. That's close right. Close to where we broadcast uh, normally for BFF. Exactly. Uh, this one's like travels on Valencia. And the first one wasn't an event like this. It was it was different because it was um, the album release party for Hibbity Dibbity, and they decided. I mean, it was such a success. They sold it out. Um, they sold more pre-sales for that show than the chapel has ever sold, and so they decided that they had to do a second annual Belly of Its Ball. That's how it was conceived, and now we're here in the green room of um, Neck of the Woods here in Clement, and. Um, we're going to look for some people to talk to, I guess. And Ellison's wearing a blue shirt that's silk. It's almost pastel. It looks really it's good on him. The way silk. it's cupping okay. his shoulders. Hey, thank you. <laughs> I'll try and blog a picture of it later. <laughs> he bought it off Pinterest. Almost knocked over this beer. I didn't even know he could do that. You, you didn't know you can buy stuff off of Pinterest? Didn't you wear that to your interview with Zanga? Zanga, yeah. <laughs> nice. Ash Jeeves. <laughs> uh, great story. Um, about... Two days ago, we went to um, Anchor Steam Brewery for a for a solid brewery tour, and um, we weren't supposed to be there. So what happened was we had to pretend like we're from some tech company. So our friend Nick, who is our hookup there, um, he is uh, he's. He, he, he brought us in, and he told us to say that we're from Dropbox, and we did, and we got in scot-free. It was hilarious. Mind you, well, anyway, we, yeah, we didn't look like we were from Drop, Dropbox, and by the time we left, actually, I haven't been that drunk since my freshman year of college. It was so um, much fun. We had the keys to the bar. We were literally going behind the bar and pouring our own drinks for four hours at Anchor Brewery, so it's good beer. And then someone busts out their whiskey, which is Old Potrero, which is an amazing, I think is, um, no, this is two days ago. I hadn't been that drunk since my freshman year of college. Yeah, so we got our first guest. Uh, it's, it's all good, it, it picks up fine. We could, we like split the microphone partially like this. this we'll split this one. You sure? Yeah, oh yeah, cheers, baby. All right. So what do we have on the mic? Well, actually, I know this cat, man. Um, I'm gonna introduce him because every time I'm with him, I, I pick up inspiration. Um, you're looking great, I love that blue tie. This is Andre that we have with us right here. Hello, everybody. Andre. Classic Andre. The green room kind of just like invites a, a good introduction. Uh, and uh, remind me, what's your name? One Ellison. Thing? Ellison. Yeah, man. Great the, to see you again. Man, your stories were extraordinary, man. <laughs> I still, yeah, I, re I remember from what was that like? 
a year ago it was so? our very first secret alley show yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right you were yeah. playing guitar in the corner just yeah with, with calvin that. actually yeah yes yes yeah. that was cool thanks man that's yeah. when i realized okay this guy's here for the music yeah no i mean same just soaking up the music really just I'm, i wish my timing was a little more on point in terms of like you know uh, the fundamentals of capitalism and how you get around in terms of what people consider to be marketing and business and it's really just making friends with the individuals and just making your way and help people grow along the way but once you get past all those you know capitalistic ideals and the feels and all the vibes that go off of it you know like playing in playing it uh in wavage man yeah oh yeah i think it's, a, it's an interesting point um but i have a question i have to ask as a musician um, you rely on capitalism in a way as well because if you don't get paid as a musician i think it's hard to sustain your craft and your art yeah, form. so yeah. how do you reconcile that with sort of the uh, i don't know wanting to like you say focus more on the friendship and the art but still um, survive as an artist well i suppose what it is is just live trade uh, you know, I always pay things forward, you know, to the best of my abilities when I have the resources to do so. You know, or just taking care of individuals everywhere you go, you know. Not carrying a craze, you know, the darkness in you, you know, just walking about and just doing what you should be doing, you know. Andre walked in here with his with his guitar, looking really dapper with his hat and the, the lavender on his on his hat here. Uh, Andre, are you are you playing tonight? Um, I, you know, I was actually thinking about doing the same thing we did with. Uh, I was uh, thinking about doing the same thing we did last time with Calvin. Uh, like uh, either sitting with one of these groups, or one of the groups, or just you know, hook into the. Uh, he's got a little monitor. I think it's a. Uh, you can plug in a microphone and you can plug in a guitar, a bass, or you know, string. Yeah. Andre, you're in, the, you're in the perfect place. You're in the green room. You're gonna get some amazing cross traffic with all the bands in here word so wait this who's who set up is this how'd you, how'd you get this spot good question <laughs> um well it was too loud out there right and so we just we bribed the right people and we ended up in here this is up yeah and just brought our table in um Anyway, yeah, we won't bore you with the technical difficulties. No, no, it's, it's all right. I was actually wondering, uh, what is the focus of the topic? Or what exactly would you like to discuss? Good question. Great question. No. I would like to hear a story from you. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll focus it a little bit more. Because I know it's hard. Oh, but God. Just saying that. No, I, I, def I, I have to think for a second, man. So, I think of a time, maybe, oh, yeah. when you were in a musical environment and a series of events maybe surprised you hmm. or um, defied your expectation or challenged your expectation maybe in some way. Let's the first see. thing that pops in your head. Oh really. shit, San Jose Cafe okay. Stretch, my boy Julio, Xavier Shetto show, he's an upright bass player. It's the craziest shit, man. I had, I met my, I went out to San Jose like a week or so before with my buddies Chase and Tito. Went to junior high with him, grew up with him, and uh, I met Richard's aunt-in-law or some lady. This lady who was in Aquarius with a lot of Capricorn in her chart, which is interesting. It was just—it was interesting because I'm—I'm an Aquarius with a lot of Capricorn in my chart. But it was one thing. Led, we kept talking and talking. She was talking to me about giving me LSD and her, you know, me coming over to her house and chilling. I'm like, 
not sure exactly because the lady was still I think she was going through a divorce or something anyways it's my it's my buddy Julio uh, Xavier Shadow so <clears throat> he's playing with a quartet or a trio I don't remember but um let's see there was a I invited her out she came with her friend a little later and uh, we were drinking a little bit I, I don't know what happened I had my guitar with me and I, I really wanted to play I was walking around real impatiently you know just like not really listening to the music or focusing you know and like trying to learn because that's how you learn you know you just listen and grow but it was just it was it was a hectic and interesting night but I had an interesting moment with I guess what I would perceive to be God and the sort of psychic interconnection the wavelength that every being on this earth possesses and has unlocked through series of events throughout time that have enlightened us, right? But anyways, it was it was crazy, man. I was jamming in the parking lot right right outside, drinking with this lady and a whole bunch of random individuals. Sorry, I met this uh, fuck, where is he from? I met this cat from Portugal. Were you interested in this girl? I mean, sort of, not not. Not particularly. I mean, I just wanted to show her a good time, okay. not get down, not screw her, nothing like that. Just like sure. you know, literally like have her come listen to some jazz and just enjoy the night out. But she was drinking, just standing, and I was having this weird moment with this this young, I forget his name, this white hippie kid, and he kept singing to me like Chet Baker. And I had this weird experience up in Seattle where I was just listening to a lot of Chet Baker, sort of singing that projecting that you know just and he just kept coming up to me and like getting in my face and like singing and like channeling thoughts and emotions from me and I'm like whoa and I had this real real strange moment and then she just fell over fell down the cats are still killing it inside right just swinging kind of like a moment like this but instead of rock and roll it's uh it was jazz yeah and then they had like a house show across the street and I was playing my guitar to the house music yeah. and we had like a crowd of people around <laughs> us like a little circle right Right. we're all just jamming jamming and I think that's when the that moment happened and then she had just yeah just fell over, yeah just out. sort of just and, and I kind of saw her from the side of my eye and I couldn't tell if she was putting on an act or like you know sort of doing some something out of something I, I'm, I'm not quite sure exactly but it was interesting. Did you keep playing? No, I, uh, him and I actually helped her up. Oh, you did? Yeah, see how she's doing. How, like, what did you perceive when you, like, how did you feel when, when she fell over? Like, was it this, uh, something that was, like, beyond you, or was it? No, I couldn't tell if it was, like, my vibration doing that, or, like, a combination of the drugs, the alcohol, and, yeah. like, the intensity of the moment, maybe, that just kind of... Fucked with her a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a killer night. It, I mean, story's not over. Sorry, I know I'm taking so damn long to tell the story. But uh, after that, we, he kept having moments. He actually ran inside this dude who came up to me right singing. Chet Baker. Yeah, the, singing the Chet Baker shit. Yeah. He ran up inside and he tried to jump on the stage and start singing. My buddy had to like the, the dude playing the bass. He had to get him off the stage and it, it was like. We just had these weird moments in synchronicity. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah. And uh, at the end of the night, uh, they know the owner. He, uh, I think it's his dad's venue or something like that. I forget his name. Real cool cat. So we went upstairs to this area that's like 
basically a band room and a studio, right? Real cool little uh, setup. He's you know taking ladies up there, you know taking his friends up there. Cool little spot. And then we ended up having this strange moment of divinity and a moment sort of like this, you know, like storytelling. We're all doing cocaine, smoking <laughs> reefer. It was great, man. Yeah. And we uh, rode back to East Oakland. I stayed at my buddy's house. And yeah, that was that was it. was an interesting night, man. Andre, I'm from San Jose, and, yeah. I, and I've been to that venue before, and nothing like that has ever happened to me. It was crazy. It was it was crazy for sure. Yeah. Andre, thanks for being with us, man. What's the name of um, of your band? Uh, I play in a project called Wavage. It's spelled W-V-G. It's a, first I was kind of arguing with Dawood about it, right? I was like, this is kind of a silly name, you know? Why can't we name it something different? <laughs> like, something that would actually, you know, something some a little more serious, right? Or with a little more sincerity, but I wasn't really worried about it, so we just we kept it as is. Right. And it, you know, it, it just works. I think I saw you guys at a cave show. Yeah, that was that was, right. a, that was all right. The, the cave was fun, man. Thank you again, gentlemen, for putting that on. Yeah. Hey, hey Calvin. Hey, Calvin. May I have a cigarette? All right, so yeah, that is one? Andre from Wavage with us. We're here at the Bellyman's Ball. Andre, thanks for being with us, man. Absolutely. Thank you all for having me, man. Right on. You know, I think my um, so we're here. Man. We are back pocket broadcasting live on BFF.FM. It's best frequencies forever. I'm McCardo, and I'm here with Ellison. Yo, yo. Hello. And um, I think I see my boy Mike Hello. over here. He just got off stage. Mike, right. you have a minute to get on the mic with us for a little bit? Absolutely. Talk about the ha. Is there, is there a mic? Yeah, we're going gonna to swap with the uh, mic. Right. Cool. Awesome. So uh, Mike here I met in Bolinas a few months ago. He won a residency up there at Smiley Saloon. What up? Sorry. All right. Yeah, welcome to the... Hey, thanks for being on, buddy. I'm looking uh, for my clothes. Mike, what's the name of your band and uh, uh, what do you do? We're the Human Assembly, a.k.a. The Ha. I'm the drummer in that band. That's right. You guys just got off the stage. We did. We opened up the upstairs stage. Felt really special to uh, kind of christen it for everybody else that's coming on. And fuck, man. Can I, can I, say, can I say that? But... Uh, yeah, we felt we felt like we were in a is great there, position to uh, open yes. up the upstairs stage, man, because everything else was going downstairs since two, and then once six p.m. hit, boom, let's go. And uh, it was weird because there was uh, sunlight coming through, and I was like, "Yo, it's good to be on here before <laughs> the vampires come out." There's gonna be a lot that of them. golden hour. Exactly. Right. So, Mike. Um, Let's get to it. We're uh, we're getting stories from different uh, from different bandmates. So, is there a story or a memory that you associate with the Ha that's exclusive to that band? A memory that you that you um, either value or uh, resent or um, I don't know. Yeah. What what about the Ha? When someone says that 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 band name to you in ten years, what memory will come back? What's the narrative attached to it? Oh man. You know what? Uh, it, it's it's awesome to just kind of like uh, you know the name the band name is the Human Assembly for a purpose. It's you know we were like all right Human Assembly well, like it's a party right? So it's like anybody can come up and play because before that we were called Hopi Astronaut. We didn't you know want to get it all into like the uh, you know Hopis are like a 
Indian tribe and we didn't want to get into like the whole appropriation thing and so we were like alright man let's change our music and up until that point it was uh, a thing where everybody was like yo I'm listening to you guys and I, and I actually like feel like I can come up and play with you you know what I mean so we were like human assembly boom what does that mean it means kind of it means a party you know everybody's getting together to party and that's kind of uh, how we came up with the name how we did that was chilling at Zeitgeist and we were like we wanted to be the ha the ha right the beginning of ha ha so what is what are, so we were going through all kinds of crazy crazy shit you know at Zeitgeist and we ended up uh, just following on human assembly perfect party and then uh, the next smash cut to our tour down the west coast uh, down in Venice we got to play some awesome shows yeah yeah uh, what happened in Venice uh, we got to we got to play a uh, an awesome motorcycle rally pretty much you know uh, you down at um, I forget the I forget the name of it uh, it's like the first Sunday of every month um, cool. Anyway, and then we like traveled on. We played in San Diego. We cruised over to Phoenix, and then we ended up in my hometown, Flagstaff. Then we were leaving uh, Flagstaff. It was like June or August. I don't know if anybody's ever been in Arizona around that time. It's like you know you hear about the monsoons. Hadn't rained. Hadn't rained. Everybody's uh, kind of tripping out because of the drought and stuff. And we were leaving Flagstaff, like you're up in the pine trees and everything like that and it just starts pouring man and like you can barely drive because the range is coming down so hard and we were just like cruising through that rain and uh, I was like dude this is the human assembly we got all our shit in the in the truck behind us we just finished our tour and we're gonna cruise on to LA drop our bass player off and then uh, try to get back up to San Francisco and that's kind of the the main memory that sticks with me right when we um kind of started our band and and it was just like a it was like a blessing to have that rain just fall you know what i mean and then and then open the windows while it's falling and then you know smell the uh pine trees coming through it's ridiculous It's, it's like nothing else in the world so love that story man thanks for sharing it um absolutely so, yeah this is mike the drummer from the ha one last question before before you go um what is the bellyman to you man the bellyman to me is going up chest bumping belly bumping your best friends <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean belly bumping we got that <laughs> Uh, and, and you know what, man? Like, it, it, it becomes more than that, though, because it becomes a hug after that. You know, it's like, <laughs> what's up? Everybody's so excited to see each other, man, and like everybody's so excited uh, about the music that's going on and like the things that are going on in people's lives. You know, and it's and it's all positive. Everybody that's here has a great story and some great things going on in their lives, and and you just like pull them aside. They pull you aside, and you tell them about what's going on in your life they tell you about what's going on in their life and it's all 
it's super positive, man, and, and, and it's it's unbelievable. I'm happy you said that because we're starting this uh, kind of like tag, right? You played in the game tag as a kid, tag you're it, right? Yep. And then, okay, so now that you're off the mic, All right. um, and you've done your oh, story, it's your am job to go and tag someone out there who you think has a good story that you'd like to hear on the mic next. Absolutely. So you I will do that. Please find someone to, uh, for us to interview next. Cool, man. And, uh, can uh, thanks I, for being here. Can I find my clothes first? <laughs> <laughs> Mike is completely naked in the green room. <laughs> All right. All right, once again, you are listening to Back Pocket here on BFF.fm, doing a live broadcast from the... Doing a live broadcast and breaking glasses in the green room of Neck of the Woods for the Bellman's Ball, the second annual Bellman's Ball. And we have a new person on the seat. Hello. What's up? How's it going? Good. So I'm actually a fellow BFF DJ. Oh my God. Awesome. <laughs> it was pretty funny because somebody came out to tag me and they're like, you want to be on the radio? And I'm like, yeah, what yeah. station? They're like, BFF. And I'm like, damn, I was just on the station uh, two days ago. <laughs> uh, wait, what show? Which, so which show? it's the Loud and Local show Thursdays from six to eight. How and my name's Duffy. And so DJ E, she originated the show, I think when the station started, right? Yeah, so it's been around for a while, and then she was looking for a co-host to switch off with, so I guess I fit the bill, so I've been doing that since last year, but yeah, it's been really fun. All right, DJ Duffy in the house. Yeah, what's up? I know, it's like awesome coincidence. I'm like, hell yeah, I want to go hang out with the BFF people. Like, this is- <laughs> You're like a family. Yeah, exactly. Which day are you wanted in here? What? Which day are you on? So Thursdays from Thursday. 6 to 8, yeah. Um, and it's pretty fun too because um, of the bands here. So I have had Hibbity Dibbity on my show, and then also Coyote, <laughs> and then Coyote Trickster, who just performed too. Uh, Hibbity makes their rounds. I know. So have they been on your show? Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, that's <laughs> great. Yeah, that's super funny. Yeah. So I had so I had Chris on, and then also um, Parker. Oh yeah. So yeah. Wait, is that how he broke his leg? Well, he was skateboarding, but he was skateboarding before the show. But I didn't see any big casualties, so yeah, <laughs> I think he was okay from it. But I was like, "Dude, where do you even find a skateboard?" And then he was like, "Skateboarding in the secret alley." <laughs> where are you from, Debbie? Um, I'm from Oregon originally, but I live here How in long the city. Have you been here? I've been here for. It's funny. I realize I've been here like in the city for over five years like I was just talking about how this used to be called the rocket room right and and like everyone I don't know I was I'm feeling like an old timer you know and I'm just like back in my day it was the (laughs) rocket room and it was like grimy as hell it was there's so many fights yeah it was a lot of fights consistently coming and and the uh, dodging swings yeah it was like definitely a little bit sketch and like I lived here in the inner Richmond then um oh wow we're all all locals here we're all neighbors yeah I was right by the Arguello market so a big fan of the turkey sandwiches there the world famous turkey sandwich world famous (laughs) what do you order on your turkey sandwiches okay so what's your add-ons okay I have a good answer so I got avocado on dutch crunch with cheddar everything else on it (laughs) yeah <laughs> what about you guys? Do you have any like specialty my, my fucking cranberry, <laughs> something really right, out dude, of the, I don't see the this cranberry. is way too heavy. Let's lighten the conversation. Okay. <laughs> um, so, since you've been in San Francisco, uh, you've been to a few shows, I guess. Mm-hmm. You're a DJ. You like music. Yeah. <laughs> You're sipping a beer right now. Yeah. What are you drinking first off? A Sculpin. Sculpin, nice. Mm-hmm. That's from San Diego, right? I believe so. I think so. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Can you, is there a memory that you associate with a live show and or after party jam kind of thing 
that you've seen in San Francisco that stands out to you for any particular reason? Sure. So one that stands out to me was a really weird show with Atlas Sound, I believe in 2012 for Noise Pop. And um, so he's like a little bit of an eccentric guy already. And he brought a 12-year-old boy on stage and (laughs) said that it was his reincarnated self. Um, like as a 12 year old but it went on for an uncomfortably long period of time like for like 20 minutes he was like dude you're me as a 12 year old and it was really it was pretty bizarre like the, this kid was with the band or no he-, he was just a guy in the crowd like a 12 year old like little kid um and then um atlas sound uh he brought him up and you know atlas sound so it's like the side project from deer hunter yeah, yeah. um and it was at bimbo's and it was just a really bizarre experience um that was one of those things that every now like a few years later i'm like people were like you were at that show where you brought the 12 year old on stage and talked to him for like 40 uh, yes, minutes yeah, yeah. yeah Wait, so that I, was I one there's a, there was a 12 year old kid at bimbo's yeah there was he was like there with his dad he was just like a really super cool 12 year old very cool i wasn't that cool when i was 12 i know right i was like at nsync it wasn't cool at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how did you how did you feel was everyone just like very confused or yeah at first everyone was like "Ooh, this is kind of cool but then it went on for like 25 minutes and he was just like dude you're me as a 12 year old and we're like are you having like a mental breakdown on stage right now like it was it was pretty weird anyway that's so that's one that's one memory that happened to come to mind um but yeah do you guys have any other cool i remember i thought i was really old when i was 12 yeah like it felt so (laughs) mature Mm -hmm. because i had a cousin an older cousin his name was hayden ball and when i was eight years old he was 12 years old and I remember thinking, when I'm 12, I'm the man. It's like the peak of maturity, you know? Right. You're like in seventh grade. Yeah, yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> it was 13 for me. 13. 13 was such a nice number. I even named my AOL instant messaging account as uh, 13 guitars. I was learning how to play guitar, and 13 was the number for me. Nice. That's actually good. What was your guys' first screen name? My first screen name? Yes. C-Money, 22-Baller. <laughs> that's pretty good. Is that, that that's real? Hundred percent, still exists. Like AOL, maybe. But, uh, Thirteen guitars, and then it became Ellison says. So it would say Ellison says, and then like whatever I said. <laughs> I thought it was so clever. Yeah. Yeah, mine was um, Drama Queen eighty nine twenty nine. Drama Queen. And eighty nine year I was born, obviously. Oh, twenty nine twenty nine was the channel that MTV was at my house. Um, oh. So there was a lot of intention behind. <laughs> But yeah, that was my... 8929. Yeah, 29. so it's probably still out there, like, on AOL somewhere. You'll get an alert later. Yeah, right? <laughs> when I was, um... So shortly after C-Money 22 Baller, we went to Hawaii, and I bought some lotion that was coconut cream lotion. And I was young. I really wasn't... Were you, like, coconut cream 69 or and something? And so I made <laughs> my pro- coconut <laughs> cream, and my mom saw it, and she questioned me. And I was like, yeah, I just named it after my favorite lotion. <laughs> And She's like, this seems questionable. Yeah. Um, anyway, yours was Drama Queen. I feel yeah. like that demands a story. Can I get some prepubescent drama story from you? Dude, to be honest, I just liked acting. Like, it's like the nerdiest oh, thing. Acting, you're a thespian. I suppose, ah, yeah. Okay. It wasn't even a cool... It was more like I thought I, I... The funny thing is, actually, my other alternative, I wrote it in my journal, was um, Mall Rat. That was my other... That's cool. Op, but yeah, kind of. But, like, hanging out in a mall? Like, that's not really that cool. I, I, I definitely hung out in the mall yeah. a lot. I think that was all I did. But, anyway, it was kind of funny, though. That was, like, drama queen or mall rat. Like, those are kind of weird uh, references. I, I remember going <laughs> to the mall with my, my guy friends and thinking that we were going to hit on girls, like, really hard. And just, like, really cruise and just, around like, and nothing. then go to Abercrombie and get, like, covered in... Hot topic. Yeah. And, uh, 
the other skate, the, like, the skate shop. Zoomies? Zoomies! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I try to steal pins from Hot Topic. Yeah. That was it. It just shows, like, how angsty and deep you are, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. No, yeah. Nothing to be angry about, but very angry. <laughs> totally. Wait, so what, sorry, what show do you guys have on BFF? Uh, yeah, you're Welcome on Back to Pocket. Back Pocket here on BFF. Back Pocket? <laughs> okay, wonderful. Great. That's right. So, uh... The reason we're getting stories is because half of our platform is storytelling, and the other half is soul music, which we're sort of taking out tonight. Awesome. But um, that's what it normally is. Yeah, tonight it's swamp funk and storytelling. Awesome. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Duffy, thanks for being Great. with us. So you got to domino someone. Go tag them. Totally. And um, I'm counting on you to get a good one, because you, right. you know what's at stake here. Exactly. Okay, sounds good. I will I will do some networking out there and see sounds what good. I can make happen. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks for being thanks, on. Duffy. So, uh, yes, that was Duffy. She's on from 6 to 8 Thursdays on BFF. Uh, we are hanging. Now it's, oh, oh this is a There's mysterious knock. knock at the door. <laughs> In the green room. It was rhythmic, though. So, yep, it's, oh, we have is one it, of the leaders we, is, of the is, Swamp is, is what we're doing? we're doing it right now. Christmas, would you, would you like to talk with us for a second? Yes. So we have Christmas Braun, a.k.a. my old roommate. Um, also, the lead singer of Hibbity Dibbity, the band that's headlining tonight's show. This is, uh, if there was a curator of the Bellyman's Ball, this is probably him. Christmas, welcome back to Back Pocket. Season's <laughs> greetings, season's greetings. Yes, 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 we've done it again. <laughs> How uh, many crystals do you have in your pocket? You know, right now, literally only one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Tell us about I'm it. I'm just going to check it. Just show it, yeah. This one was on my uh, my closet uh, windowsill. Yeah, my, my closet does have a window. He actually has a crystal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This one's got a nice stripe through it. It's It almost mm-hmm. looks like sea glass, but it's too rough for that. Here, touch it, guys. Let's touch it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's rough. What it's do you feel? Perforated. It's perforated. It's perforated. Because I'm feeling something. I like I like the sharing of the, the crystal here. Chris, please touch this crystal. Oh, there's a triforce. This is going to be on Pinterest later. Stop. <laughs> That's nice. That's really nice. What are we getting? What are we getting from this? From from this crystal? What are you getting, I guess? It's I yours. mean, really, I'm just getting life force. I feel like this crystal really, uh, this thing picks up on, uh, it's like kind of a lie detector crystal. Yeah. So it can tell when you're telling the truth or telling lies. And it kind of reminds you that you should be really swaying more in the uh, direction of telling the truth. Or practice your lies. Or practice your lies, yeah. Yeah. I, I got a little something since we were in the subject here. Mm-hmm. About a year ago, like we said, Bellman's Ball was conceived. Yeah. And one of these guys were handed Oh, oh that was one of the OG o- crystals. Original <laughs> Bellman's Ball wow. crystals. That was that. Dude, these are rare. Out. These are really <laughs> rare. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> this is first edition, first print. Oh, it really man. Is. It really is. Wow. Where's yours? Chris is really touching the crystal right now, the he first is. edition. No, those are cool. No, I mean, they're, these they're, are real. Yeah. Wow. My little, those are charged. My little cousins <laughs> had so much fun with those crystals because you put my two younger cousins yep. on crystal duty, and they just went around to every girl 
in the first belly mince ball yeah. and only handed them out to girls and would try to talk to them and get their numbers and buy them drinks or whatever. It's the perfect these game. Were, these were, you know, finger <laughs> these the or game. kids, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's oh like, yeah. Great Crystal life force in that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally like you get to encapsulate your first impression upon someone by giving them a crystal and they're it's like, wow. Gift. You, then they think of you automatically when you have whenever they look at that crystal they're like oh yeah that weird guy gave that to me yeah well I'm that weird guy <laughs> you talk about the, I mean originally for the first Bellman's Ball what was the what was the idea behind the crystals just giving it to your friends and then well the Bellyman himself uh, he carves out a crystal ballroom in order to hold his ball in, in you know in the mythos in the mythology the bellyman he actually has his own crystal ballroom and so we thought you know crystals would be our way of getting the people that are at the audience that are at the concert to actually feel as though they're a part of the bellyman's ball you know you never the actual the actual ball so it's like a it is a crystal ball yeah yeah it's a crystal ball in and of itself and it's also a a a layer that he's carved out it's a big ballroom that he's carved into the mountains of the galapagos island (laughs) Who's the bellyman? The bellyman, it's hard to really put a who or a what is the bellyman or anything. He's more of a, he's a lord, he's a vibe lord. And basically he is the controller of uh, of an entire species, if you will, of humans. And he also, basically, he is a purveyor of vibe and he disperses it to all of his followers it's hard to really get into it. It's he's kind of uh, an elusive character to, to tr- try to even grasp yeah. because it's hard to even see him. Few have even e- ever seen him. He's just constantly carving crystals. It's <clears throat> thick. Yeah. Do you think he'll make a presence tonight? I think he's probably already here, but it's hard for anyone to even see him because he might be within floorboards or in the ceiling. Or in the green room. Or in the green room. That's right. He, he's so low key that he's kind of wearing an invisibility cloak. At all times. That's pretty chill. Yeah. What he, band are you in? I'm in a band called Hibbity Dibbity. Oh yes. What does that mean? That uh, that means, uh, according to Urban Dictionary, it means the act of knocking one's boots against another's. What kind of boots? Um, I mean, I'm guessing handmade snakeskin boots. Snakeskin boots. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I were to put a guess on it. Or those, like, really cool Mexican ones that curl. Mm-hmm. I've seen those. Yeah, kind, kind of, of a, kind of like uh, an elf that helps out Santa, but is also kind of a badass elf. <laughs> Yo, yeah. so you've been on two tours with Hibbity Dibbity. Yeah, well, Asian more tours, than that. But cross-country, right, too? Two, two cross-countryers, yeah. Yeah. Um, can you give us a story from... I know there's so many. There's a lot of stories. Let's see. Uh, a good story... I know. I remember you said Kansas City was an interesting place, right? Um, Little Rock, Arkansas. Little Rock, I think, Arkansas. That I think it. that you're yeah, thinking yeah. of. That is what well, I was thinking of. Thanks. Yeah. Little Rock, Arkansas was a very weird place. It was the first place that we actually sprung for a really nice hotel room, and we got all set up. We had two hotel rooms in this really nice place that gave out free cookies, <laughs> cooking it fat, and uh, we get we get all set up and we go to play um, Sticky's Rock and Roll Chicken Shack. And we are the opening band, and there's a headlining band which is called Steven Nieper. And Steven Nieper is the is just a great band, like classic Americana rock and roll, rock and roll stuff going on. And uh, and he's got this 
fan base that is literally like they're a cult following of these maybe 30 40 people and so we're all hanging out we're all hanging out on the uh on our tour bus yeah. with a bunch of the neeper folk with a bunch of the what folk the neepers yeah and uh <laughs> and one of the guys starts telling a story to me and at the same exact time one of his friends is telling the exact same story and the story is basically about a crazy experience that they had together that was very serendipitous. And this is where we learned the phrase, a swirly whirl. Because, and even if there was a swirly whirl going on as they taught us this, because they were both telling the same story in separate circles, which is a bit of a swirly whirl in and of itself. And so when we learned that phrase, it became really a deep part of our vernacular. And so now we say swirly whirl all the time. And so, and we try to use the uh, Arkansasian accent when we say it. We call that a swirly whirl. <laughs> and uh, the rest of that night, we, we played a great gig and uh, ate a bunch of chicken, ate, drank a bunch of beer, and we're getting real weird. And uh, I remember one of the really funny things was that uh, somebody left uh, a big bar tab that they didn't sign they just like signed their name but they didn't leave a tip and we were all feeling weird enough uh that i went ahead and just wrote like a pretty large tip and i'm sorry to whoever, whoever's, whoever's bar tab that was i was just kind of feeling it and how big, how big, how big we i think i left like a 25 dollar tip and but they had like it was like a hundred dollars worth of drinks and it was like come on you need to tip 25 percent on this this is rocky rock and roll chicken shack <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you're doing the right thing here, and uh, right that was my good. Someone else's money. It's <laughs> my favorite kind of right thing. That's yeah. that's my my Peter Pan move, and then uh, we ended up going back to the hotel, dropping off our stuff, and at that night was the birth of Beer Santa, because with that tip, I kind of started calling myself Beer Santa, because I was like, oh, these people drank a lot of beers. But I'm gonna be the Santa that gives like the tip. the tip, and then I went out by myself and I bought a bunch of beers, and I just rolled it. I kept rolling up to people with beers and just being like, "Beer Santa, he's drunker than ever," and I'd hand him a beer, and they'd be like, "Holy <laughs> shit, thank you so much, this is great." And thank you, uh, Santa. yeah. And so that was like literally my move. I was like kind of getting off on the fact that I was just giving people beers, and they were like, "Beer Santa, you're great, thank you so much," and. Uh, we went to this place that was cooking cheeseburgers behind the bar and i think i i had i had about three cheeseburgers uh and we got shit hammered drunk at this place and they were playing like live like raunchy blues music till about four in the morning and uh the rest of the story gets a little too explicit for the radio but oh no no it doesn't actually does it yeah there's really, no censorship really, needed really <laughs> but it's uh little rock this says nice cast over here. So I uh, kind of got to keep it nice. I mean, the moral of the story is that... Um, the question is, who did you tell to listen? <laughs> <laughs> is this gonna, it's recorded, right? Oh, yeah. It's broadcasted right now. Well, I met a, uh, a really nice brain surgeon. And literally, not, not in the way that like rappers say brain surgeon. It was literally a person that um, does surgery on people's brains. And she was a doctor without borders. And she was recently back from, I think it was Honduras. And uh, it was a really interesting uh, experience. I ended up in the suburbs of, uh, of Little Rock, like about an hour outside of where the rest of the band was. And she was kind enough to drive me back the next day. And that was a, that was a real treat. She made this amazing breakfast and had this coffee that 
she you know had just brought back from Honduras or wherever she was doctoring yeah. and uh, it was is, yeah. is this a person that Beer's gonna give a beer to? I was just gonna ask that good question. good question I think I did give her a beer yeah you guys talk about neurology at all? We really did. She was telling me crazy things about how sometimes they use they sub, you use substitute fat from different parts of your body and put it into your brain. In your brain? I don't know if I believe that, but I, I can see that. I mean, Beer Santa believed the shit out of that. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's appropriate that you told that story because your name is Christmas Braun. Bingo. Bingo. That's our boy. He's playing later tonight. What time do you go on? I'm going on, uh, I think, 11.30. Good. We, also, we already played a set. Uh, we played the opening set, and we're playing kind of the closing set. Uh, and then there's a DJ, uh, uh, Brogan Bentley, who's going to lay down some really beautiful stuff, some trap music and some funky everything. He's going to play some just crazy shit. We're, we're, hearing, we're hearing trap in a swamp funk show? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, it, I mean this day is gonna have all different sorts of sorts of music. It's it's a it's a great experience we're all uh, a part of, and I'm stoked that the uh, the BFF is here. Hey, back pockets, man. Yeah, the the green room has got great vibes. I have a I have some weird stories about this room too. But I'm <laughs> saving for another time. I feel like something's about a lawyer. <laughs> this one, yeah, this one's another another professional. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> All right, uh, Christmas is also a uh, a hood rat. He he lives in the neighborhood. So yeah, I live on Twenty First and uh, and I'm not gonna say the other cross streets, but Twenty First Avenue, Twenty First and Geary. I'll say it. I'll fucking <laughs> say it. Show up at my house. Uh, yeah. Brain surgeons, watch out. <laughs> like fangirls. Yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks for being on. My pleasure. We'll see you out there. Once again, you're listening to Back Pocket here on BFF.FM, broadcasting live in the green room of Neck of the Woods here at the Bellman's Ball. That right there was Brain Surgeon Braun, uh, the Beer Santa. Next on deck, I don't know who's coming. Oh, what's up, guys? Oh, Coyote Trickster, Coyote welcome. Trickster welcome. in the building. You are Coyote. What's your no, name? Yeah, my name's Terrence. Uh, I play bass. Terrence, great. Yeah, sorry. Let me get my headphone no, 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 and beer right. situated. I love your t-shirt, man. The Miles Thanks, Davis man. shirt. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's... Uh, Someone asked if like uh, if an alien came down to Earth and asked what music was, mm-hmm. I would I would give him this album. Is kind of blue. Kind of blue. Okay, cool. I listened to Blue and Green the other day when it was raining. Like about I think it's four days ago. It was yeah. the first rain in a while, and that was the yeah the song I put on immediately. I mean, it's a solid choice. Yeah, solid Can't choice. Can't Thanks. I'm glad you approve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how'd your set go? Oh man, it was fun. Uh, shout out to Parker and Hib Dib throwing this together. Um, a lot of fun. It was a huge, it's like the, probably the biggest bass amp I've ever played on. It was like as tall as I was, the Ampeg amp. It was, it was incredible. Is that what you play bass? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, uh, what band are you in? Uh, Coyote Trickster. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's your full name? Uh, my name's Terrence Richardson. Terrence Richardson, from the bass player from Coyote Trickster is with player. us here on BFF.FM. This is Back Pocket, and we're getting stories from the green room. So... After that tag, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so okay. This is, we got uh, someone kneeling my fellow, over here. My fellow yeah, rhythm section yeah, 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 Totally. This is another fellow bandmate. What's going on? Yeah. I'm cool. uh, Cucullin C. Curry, drummer of Coyote Trickster. <laughs> rhythm section. Really shout out to all the. 
Shout out to the rhythm section. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, oh yeah. So you guys are in sync, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Locked in. You don't have to look at each other. Locked you tight. just fill in each other's spaces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this, like the stuff you put on screws to make sure they never move again. Locked tight. <laughs> <laughs> that locked tight glue, man. <clears throat> uh, boys. What's up? What's happening, man? I'm just going to kind of open the floor to you right now. Is there a story you'd like to tell us? A story? Hmm. I don't know. There once was a man... How much history have we got? We've been around for like a couple of weeks. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's a little bit of background on us. Uh, it's funny, we met, our singer met Huli at a bus stop. Um, and at the time, we were sort of in transition moving up here to the city. Um, and we're looking for a new drummer. And Eric, our singer, was just at a bus stop and asked to bum a cigarette uh, serendipitously from this man here. Um, and started jaw jacking. And next thing you know, we have a new drummer. Um, yeah. And we've been playing. That, that was determined while, while talking. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah. there. Yeah, we. Uh, Maybe you like you said, we were, were very there. drunk, and of course, uh, we got into the conversation of what our passions are, you know? It's like, what do you do with strangers when you don't know what to talk about? And I said, I play drums, and they said that you guys have been looking for a drummer for like nine months. Or something? Yeah, yeah. So our previous drummer was uh, a grade below us. We started out at Santa Clara University um, doing the whole dive bar and house party scene there. Are you from Santa Clara? I'm from the Seattle area, but oh. I went to Santa Clara. Cool, cool. Um, and that's where I met Eric and Paul, our two guitarists. Um, so we were playing down there. Um, but our drummer at the time, he was a grade below us. Uh, and we had graduated and you know, sort of transitioned up here. And he couldn't come up and practice as much. So we were sort of in that weird gray area. Um, that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys ever played at KSU? Oh, yeah. Uh, Eric used to DJ at KSU. I was the manager at KSU. She was the manager. (laughs) Shout out to Duffy. (laughs) We got a boomerang guest coming back to us right now. (laughs) Young Duffy. (laughs) Young Duff. BFF DJs taking over. (laughs) Sorry. No, it's all good. BFF squad. Cool. So, uh, all right. So you're a bus stop drummer, kind of. I mean, he drums on bus stop seats. Arguably, <laughs> arguably, yes. Yeah, it's yeah. like stomp, but on, on bus seats. I won't deny that. Did you, like, <laughs> yeah. did you at least like kind of try out with a beatbox or something? At the, I mean, how did you know you were good? <laughs> how did they know I was good? I It was more, I knew they were good because they sent me the most detailed, beautiful email I'd ever received from a musician. Talk about it. I'm a big fan of It was, now. okay, so at the time they were doing a lot of covers. Dead covers. Yeah, dead, a lot of dead covers. Uh, it's like Ray Charles in the mix, you know. And Eric, the one I met, he sent me an email. It was like opening paragraph. Hey, great to meet you. And then gave some general uh, logistics of how the band functions and then a bullet-pointed list of every cover song that they do with the, with the title of the song, the artist's name, and a YouTube link to the song. And then a closing paragraph. Damn, I, was I didn't like, know that. Yeah, and at the time I was already in two bands, and I was—I had just finished college for music, and I wanted to be, you know, try to live the dream and be pro. So I was like, "Yeah, I'll, fuck it, I'll join a third. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, I have only been in this band for like the last two and a half years, three years now, I think. Yeah. They're the only ones that are serious, and it does help that there's no substance abuse in the band. <laughs> That you, you know, know of. <laughs> that I know of. Certainly none that's impeding the future of the band so far. Yeah, uh, I have another which is more than here. I can say about other 
other bands I've been in. Yeah. Have you guys seen the, the trailer for that new uh, Chet Baker movie with Ethan Hawke? What? I have, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Speaking of su- substance abuse. Okay. That's a crazy story, man, how he, like, awesome, awesome uh, trumpet player, but was just, like, strung out on heroin, and a deal went bad with his dealer, and he, like, broke his jaw, so he was, like, Whoa. never able to play trumpet again, like, lost all of his front teeth. Um, so, like, he converted to singing, just, like, that crazy story arc of, you know, practicing and having something be your passion for 20-something years and have it taken away from you in such a, a hideous manner. Um, yeah, check it out. I forgot what it's called. Wait, it's called um, like somewhat blue, kind not kind of blue, but something blue. That's interesting. Our first interview uh, mentioned Chet Baker as well. <laughs> oh yeah, really true. Good. yeah. <laughs> we got looped around. Right. Um, Coyote Trickster. Have you guys, as a band, collectively ever played a trick on someone or mm. a practical joke on one another? Is there a story of mischief? Oh, yeah, your house. Is, I, I'm the only member of the band that doesn't live in their house. Uh-huh. And I know they... I'm sure I'm Jason think. has suffered many times. Jason and Evo have... We, I mean, I always play, you know, tricks on, on our roommates. Like, I'll put, like, crumpled up paper in people's pillowcases. And they'll just, like, sleep and wonder, you know, what that weird noise is. Or we'll, like, we'll put the couch, <laughs> we'll put the couch in Jason's room. When he's away, very subtle um, yeah, there. subtle, subtle. Really um, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I'll just like we got these things on Amazon, these tiny, like baby hands uh-huh. that like just fit on your fingers. Oh, I have those. Yeah, so we'll just like. So weirdo, he has them in a little like dime baggie pinned uh, yeah. on his on his doorway. It's <laughs> the creepiest thing. <laughs> um, I also like to scare people, so yeah, I, I like people. to just like pop out of corners and just like yell at the top of my voice and. If Watch uh, Evo, our roommate. Shout out to Evo. Um, What's up, Evo? What's up, Evo? He's probably listening. Yeah. We call him Flevo. This is probably TMI, but we used to have a cat, and she, she got fleas. Um, but Evo just went, like, full, like, ballistic in terms of how to eradicate the fleas. And he bought the, this random, like, giant bag of powder that's supposed to, like, kill all the fleas, and it... It's actually kind of brutal how the fleas die because of it. It's because apparently it's like shards of algae and the fleas get on it and it just like cuts up the fleas Whoa. and they just die. So we call them Flevo. We call them Flevo now. Yeah. It's like algae, like, yeah, carcasses. Sharp mold, though. What's that? Sharp mold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we just call him Flevo now and he hates that. So sorry, Evo. I mean, Flevo. Uh, yeah. Thanks boys. for having us, guys. Boys, thanks for being here. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. So, um, just so you know, now it's your duty to go out and domino someone, tag them, and mm-hmm. get the next guest for us. Got it. Someone you think would be interesting to, for us to talk to. We should have Eric in here. Eric's got... Yeah, so what's what's the uh, the stipulations behind it? Someone in a band? Someone that wants band? to tell a story, I'd say. Okay. Um, it could be it can be a spectator, it can be a band man, it could be someone on staff. Yeah. It could be um, it could be someone you bum a cigarette from at the bus stop. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> we will journey on our quest right now. Right on. We have guys. the objective, and we will be back soon. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thanks All right, for have a good Thank one. You. Later. Yeah, yeah. All right. So those are the bass player and the drummer from Coyote Trickster. They played earlier here tonight at the ball, and now they're going out to domino someone. And um, we're hanging here in the green room, just mellowing out. 
you know, there's people in the green room we can talk to right now. So why don't we get Amanda and Forrest in the, on yes. the seat here? We brought a flask of vodka. Yeah. I don't think the people at this establishment are, uh, are listening because they're too busy with the show, so we can broadcast that. Also very loud, yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> yes. I've always wanted. I've always wanted you Same. to be on our show. Oh, and really? I, don't, I don't think we we've, we've ever like really planned it. We've talked about it, but Ooh. here you are in the green room of Neck of the Woods. It sounds really good in here. <laughs> it does. It does sound pretty good. Yeah, it sounds good. I don't, I don't, you know. Um, have you been to this venue before? I have been to this venue. I DJed at this venue. Oh, cool. So Amanda is another um, BFF DJ and kind of a heavyweight in the... Uh, I am DJ Zero. <laughs> DJ Zero? Like Patient name? Zero. No, no, I'm DJ Cosmic Amanda, but um, but I started BFF, so I'm like. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah, weird. Huh, didn't know that. Wait, you you're involved with BFF? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> what is BFF? Best frequencies forever. Right. Why BFF? I've been wanting to ask that. Um, why the name? Yeah. Um, so how BFF got started um, is. I moved to San Francisco about, um, it's been four years now, we just passed four years, and when we moved here, my biggest concern was that um, I had been involved in my college radio station for, at at that point, um, half of my life, like literally half of my life, and so I wanted to keep doing it, and I was like, you know, when we get to San Francisco, I have to like find a radio station. And then I was like, well, maybe we should just start one. And so originally I thought that Forrest and I, uh, Forrest is the station engineer and also my husband, I figured we were just going to like set up a little radio station in our apartment and just like the two of us would be the only DJs and maybe I could get some bands to come over our house. And But instead what ended up happening is I wound up um, going to a party at the Secret Alley one night, and while I was in there, th- I noticed that there was a space for rent, and um, basically the rest is history. I went in and um, applied for the open space in the Secret Alley, and kind of like didn't bring up the radio thing right off the bat. I sort of like tried to like charm Noel first, and, like told him some other stuff that I do. And so he was kind of already into the idea of me like becoming a part of it. And then I was like, oh, by the way, my dream is to have a community radio station. Um, yeah. And then he was just like, you should just do that. You know, char- charm, I think, is getting people to do what you want without asking them. And yeah. you did that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but to uh, answer your question about where BFF yeah. came yeah, from. Why, yeah, why it, that so um, as soon as I found out that I got the space, I had to go home and then tell Forrest, hey, um, I got this space, and we had to pay the rent on it. And so the goal was we had enough money saved up that we could pay the rent for three months. So I was like, we have three months to make this happen. And if we can't get enough people to be involved in this to like keep it alive in three months, and, and Noel knew, he was like, yeah, you know, give it a go, see what happens. Um, and so, and then we had to talk about like ordering equipment and like, you know, how could we set it up as cheaply as possible, but still have it sound good. And, and as you guys know a little bit, like the station is ever evolving. Like we're always getting better, newer equipment as we go. And as we have a little more money, um, but to kind of hash all this stuff out, 
I um, there used to be this thing called um, I think it was called like it was it had a really weird name it was called like um, oh Whiskey Wednesdays but it was like daytime Whiskey Wednesdays and it was at Thieves Tavern in the Mission over at 14th and Guerrero and I had some friends that would always uh, hang out there and that's where I met Luke Spray who was the bartender at the time but he's now the host of Roll Over Easy so like all these people just you know <laughs> over time just kind of got sucked into the whole thing but at that moment uh, very early on I showed up at Thieves with uh, I, my laptop and I wrote um, a mission statement and I put together a business plan like how I thought I was go all this was going to like come together in three months and be a success and a big part of it was naming the station and one thing that was really, you know, basically I wrote down a list, like here are all the things that I want to convey with this station. And the main thing was uh, I wanted it to be positive because a lot of, a lot, you know, a lot of radio is like, you, know, you think of like pirate radio and a lot of it is just kind of like angry because people like are, you know, they have something to say and they're really mad about it. Sure. Um, and I had done uh, a show at Mutiny Radio for a little while, so Mutiny is just like, and there was always mutiny happening there where like people were arguing and stuff. Really? So, um, so yeah, so it's just like, okay, I, I want whatever it is to just be like positive sounding, and I want it to have this feeling of like people coming together. And then I, because BFF Studio is located inside a big cardboard ship. I originally was kind of going with like more of like a pirate radio like ship or seafaring theme sure. and it come up like, like I think at one point it was like gangway and then someone was like oh that's a gay bar in the tenderloin it's <laughs> <laughs> like oh yep um, and so I like just came I, you know coming up with all these ideas like around this idea of like teamwork and like shipmates and, and all that sort sure. of stuff and then Alan Huff um, who is um, a blogger he started the blog Mission Mission which um, for a while like was like the blog about the mission district it is probably the reason it's super gentrified now because everyone read like Thanks, people Alan. like me read the blog and like moved from Pretty across the country stuff. yeah because <laughs> we're like oh this neighborhood seems so dope yeah. um, but anyway so he was sitting there next to me and he was like you could call it BFF and I was like that sounds so dumb <laughs> That sounds so <laughs> dumb. I hated dumb. it because I was just like, oh, it's just like, like it's like teeny girl. It's like, it's cute. Yeah, it's like yeah. too cute, and I was like, I don't want it to be precious. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, I don't, I don't want people to think that we're like, you know, not serious, and sure. like, I want guys to be a part of this too. Like, I love that BFF has like tons of women DJs, but like, I want some dudes too. I like that too, yeah. And um, so anyway, he, I kept like coming up with these other things, and the other part of it was like, it had to be something that wasn't already taken. Because like registering the URL is like a big part of it, and so I w knew I wanted the .fm, and so then I was just like trying all these combinations. So I was like omg.fm or like wtf.fm, <laughs> and like just tried all these different things, and like everything was taken, but BFF was not taken, and it, like I just kept like he kept coming back around, and he kept saying like BFF, and then finally one day he was like, His voice in the back. <laughs> yeah, and then finally one day he just goes, best frequencies forever and I was like oh my god okay fine like and it, even for a while I was like that's gonna be the name like for now until and it's funny because like it really did like it did it wasn't like an instant like yeah that's it it was just sort of like a oh, okay and then it grew on me over time and it's so funny now like how many people will come up to me and be like that is just such a great name 
or we'll be like, oh, that's just so easy to remember because it's just like sure. BFF. I think that's yeah. the best thing about it, honestly, is it's, it's stickiness. Yeah, stickiness. That you can remember, you can tell someone, and they'll remember it. Yeah, so. and then and then like the the really like sort of awesome but also kind of corny thing about it is like I feel like all of us now have come together under that like banner of BFFness, <laughs> and so like everyone is really cool and collaborative, and like all the DJs are like you guys did the show at um, Paul's Hatworks with Lizzie from Slightly Sobbing, right. and there's just like and then like Duffy's here, and there's just like so much like cross pollination that's happening. Swirly whirls. Swirly whirls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there's just like so much like collaboration and cross-pollination that's happening and it's really awesome to see um definitely exactly what i would have wanted a community radio station to be when i was typing it all out in thieves tavern amanda just real quick can you tell me about the very first broadcast of bff um so the very first so we actually had two uh, one was like a soft launch that we did where we um, went to the secret alley. Uh, so the board, the console, uh, the broadcast console was supposed to show up, I think, on like August 15th or something like that. And you, one thing that you know, people don't know like, you know, about like how the radio gets made is so the broadcast console is like that big mixer that the DJ is sitting in front of. Yeah. Those are generally like handmade like when you order them they don't just have like a warehouse of those things like why hanging around well because like there aren't like a ton of radio stations out there so like Uh. they don't make them until someone needs one so uh, ours came from Colorado and we waited and waited for it to like be assembled and sent to us and then there was like some sort of delay and so it was late shipping and so the station was supposed to launch on I think like somewhere around like August 15th and the board wasn't there but we had most of the technology, so the very first broadcast, I did my show just to see if we could like make something go out over the internet. So we invited like 20 friends to the secret alley. We oh, got cool. pizza. Uh, we brought like a bunch of beers, and then everyone sat out in the main space, and I did my show um, for two hours, and then that was kind of it. Like, Sorry, and cool. and I just <laughs> basically use I use like a Denon like. DJ mixer yeah, as the yeah. board because that was the only thing that we could that we had right. that you could like young Colorado hadn't showed up yet. right yeah sure. um, but then the first official broadcast was I think it, we say that our official launch date was September first but the first broadcast I think was like August thirtieth and that was DJ Small Crimes who's still on the station she's on she's been in the same time slot well no no she's she's shifted a little bit she started out Thursdays 6 to 8 but now that's loud and local and she's now uh, Thursdays 8 to 10 but she ch- plays Chill Electronica and she was the very first BFF DJ that wasn't me Whoa. what what motivates you though cuz it's not like i don't think i don't think it's money no. And I, you know, <laughs> I mean, no. who knows? Maybe you have something going that we don't know about. But no, really. I mean, what, what, what's the driving motivation behind putting in this much effort uh, to do to, to make this station happen? Because I imagine that there's a lot going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. Who just show up for two hours? A yeah, week. yeah. So like behind the scenes, one, one like common misconception is that I'm like making any money uh, doing this, which I hoped to someday like. BFF is now like a 501c3 and people donate which helps offset costs and stuff and my dream is to make it so that you guys aren't like paying monthly DJ dues yeah. that that's taken care of through other sources 
Um, and then, you know, if we start getting grants and stuff like that, maybe I can, I have a day job now, so I'm like working full time and then, you know, um, putting my energy into this um, when I'm not working. So, and I'm not getting any younger, so it's like, <laughs> it's a lot of work, but like what fuels me to do it uh, are two things. Uh, you know, first and foremost, I just really believe in the magic of radio. Like, I think that this medium is um, the best medium. You know, there's just like such a one-on-one -on -one connection. Like, all the people that are sitting at home listening right now, you know, they're in the room with us right now. You know, you know, it, there's one person that's sitting there with their headphones on, and they feel like they're right here with us, and they are right here with us. <laughs> you are right here with us. Um, in so the green room. in the green room at Neck of the Woods yes. for Bellyman's Ball. Oh, she could Hold our crystals. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, your crystal. I got a real good picture of that, kind of by the way. Like a, like a sink faucet head, so you can do that. <laughs> Similar. Um, but yeah, so like that that's one part of it. But then the other part of it is I just, when I joined my college radio station, I didn't know anything about independent or underground music. Yeah. Like I real, I just listened to like show tunes and like top 40 radio, and that's what like that's what I thought music was. And um, so when I joined my station, and when I found out like yet there's just this whole universe of incredible music that you know most people don't get to hear about unless they're listening to college radio or community radio. Um, I knew that I really wanted to be a champion for you know the the the, the underground arts. I guess. I guess, and so, and so to me, a big part of BFF is, is having, having a platform, having a resource available, so that people in local bands or touring bands are coming in. Basically, basically just any sort of like independent or underground artist can can come to BFF and have a platform and be heard and connect with their DJs and make some make some cool stuff happen. It's very valid. I have to tell you, I love your voice. Listen to all my all my archives alone and Notes on myself. Yeah, you're not, you're in the car, the car was like, like, I'm right here. Which is really my dream. only downloaded on one computer in this city and they have it and so that's the reason that you're hearing us so I want to give a genuine thank you to you Amanda and to you for giving us you know more than two hours because I know you love your Saturday night to be here the two of us between we have the launch code so like I can only have half the code and he has the other half the code and glad to hear you trust each other and I actually have to give a quick sh uh, plug for yeah. Forrest because, um, so he was one of the original DJs on BFF, but as the schedule filled up, he felt bad like holding a spot when there were other people that wanted the spot. So through the, out the early days, Forrest, aka DJ Cream Filling. What's up, Creamy? <laughs> he actually moved, kept moving his show all around the schedule because he wanted, you know, he, someone, he had like, I think like you had like the Tuesday six to eight spot for a while, and then someone was like, "Oh, that's the only time I can do a show," and so he was like, "Yeah, take it." And he moved all over, and then um, the last spot that he had was your spot, actually. Really, eight to ten. Eight to Saturday. ten. Right now. Yeah, right now. Right now. And then he. Um, creamier than I expected. <laughs> so he left the schedule for a while, and now he's back, and he's on Mondays at midnight with warm liquid goo phase. <laughs> Man. 
if you're on a Mondays at midnight, I know your only motivation is to listen to those archives. Holler at your boy because we're doing the same thing yeah. the next day. Okay? <laughs> so big shout out to Forrest because he does make everything work at the station. Really? And like I, I'm kind of like the like crazy motivated. Like I'm always out there talking about this to people and like being the. Uh, like evangelizing about the whole thing but he's the one that's kind of like keeping the wheels on the bus all the time i'm the radio janitor yeah the radio janitor <laughs> just pushing his radio mop <laughs> oh, damn Turning kids knobs. yeah <laughs> but yeah thank you so much for having an awesome show on bff.fm and like bringing these stories to the station and like in tonight is super cool like having all these bands on and you know I never would have known that there's a guy out there with a pocket full of crystals. <laughs> or that you can crumple up paper and put it in a pillowcase right. and really uh, mess up with someone's sleep. Or our first interview, Andre, who just went straight to the ethics of uh, being a musician and capitalism. Yeah. That was, that was really intense. That was so I, quick. I had, yeah, that was so quick. <laughs> Well, hey, what's up, abandoned capitalism? I yeah. don't like it, but I love art and music. Okay, Andre, <laughs> welcome to Back Pocket. <laughs> oh, man. All right, thanks, Amanda. Yeah, thanks for having me. You are listening to Back Pocket here on BFF.FM. Um, we have another person up next here. We are live in the green room in the second floor of Neck of the Woods. Um, on Clement Street here in the beautiful Richmond district of San Francisco. Yeah, this man has been chilling, just reading the back of a CD for that last interview. He has hair similar to mine. The way he sits down in that seat is idiosyncratically uh, parallel to the way that I would sit down in a cushioned stool. Uh, and that eye scratch was um, astoundingly familiar. Oh, really? Yeah, to the eye to the lower back combo. I just got... Are you a drummer? I'm a bassist. Ah, that hi-hat that you just did, the scratch hi-hat. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty good. I just got taken here. Who are you? I'm Brett Marquette. Hi, Brett Marquette. From Bodacious Ancients. Ah, welcome. Thanks. Did you guys play already? Yeah, we played at, uh, yeah, we played downstairs in, uh, like, 7.30. It was pretty fun. It's a good, it's a great night. That's all right. Nice. Um, so why don't you just tell me something about shadows? Shadows? Um, I heard a story about shadows when I was a kid once, and it was like, the shadows were following, following, it was a scary story, I don't know why I'm thinking of this right now, it just popped in my head, but, um, this kid was getting chased by a shadow, so he had to spray paint it, and the shadow couldn't move anymore. And yeah, then, uh, uh, interesting. And he was free of the shadow. But I don't know, I, I think, think the shadows are beautiful. The thing about shadows is that you look at them and they seem still. But they're always moving, as yeah. long as it's a shadow created by the sun. I guess if it's a shadow yeah. from a light bulb or something, if that's the light that's projecting, it's probably not moving, or at least a lot slower, if it's moving at all. But from the sun, they're never—they're always moving, and and they're so impermanent. But they're yeah. beautiful, and there's nothing that the surface that's there can do to avoid them. The shadows will come. Yeah. Especially in the sun. Yes. So I was going to be there. Brett, <laughs> I have a question for you, Brett. Yeah. If you, if you were to walk out of this bar right now, uh-huh. are you single? Yes. 
and see a girl that you wanted to talk to. Yeah. And she's standing there, and she's in a sequins dress, and her heels are clicking on the cement, and she's looking um, not aimlessly, but with a purpose towards the, the Polaris, towards the Northern Star. Uh-huh. What would be? What would you say to her as you walked up and talked to her? What would be your first line? My first line is just hi. I'm. I, I don't have a lot of pickup lines or anything. Yeah. I was just like, if it if it felt right, I would just go up and say hi, like. How are you? And and tonight feels like a good night, so I would definitely be confident. Talk to me about a good night. A good night. uh, You've played a show. You've played music. People were having a good time, and then, you know, you go you go off stage and you're seeing other amazing musicians play, and and um, musicians and people who saw you playing are like saying you did a good job, and you're saying that they did a great job, and it's just a lot of positive reinforcement for everybody. Like everyone's just super kind and. And uh, sh- sharing, uh, you know, their feelings about the situation tonight, and everyone's happy. Everyone's happy here. Can you tell me about the last time you remember being so happy that you just jumped up and down physically? It's always been music. It's always been playing a show that, like, pre-show, post-show, like anytime you're about to do something musically, and you feel good about it, and you feel confident, and you you know you get good feedback, and people are having a good time. Like, when was the last time you met someone that you thought was really strange and weird, and you just went home and took a shower? Strange and weird. I, San Francisco that happens all the time, you know, <laughs> every day. <laughs> like, there's not a there's not a night. I mean, I, I feel like there's not a day that I don't meet someone strange Sounds and weird. Like you take a lot of showers. Uh, no, I probably should take more, mm. but um, but it's just because uh, you know there's just a lot of good. Good and weird energy out in the city, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't. Do you remember? I live on on th- in the Richmond district, like thirty fourth and Gary. Yeah. We should make dinner sometime or go bowling. Love it, dude. Anytime. I love bowling. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. That's sick. My family does it every Thanksgiving. I was in a bowling league. You were? Great. Yeah. You guys together? <laughs> I mean, we are. We're partners. You're partners in crime. We only we throw strikes. Threat. Yeah. Strikes and spares. Splits. Brett, uh, tell me a little bit about your band. What is uh, what's going on? We are uh, fairly new. We've been playing since October together, um, and it's really fun. Like I was in a band for the past few years uh, called Ivory Arrows, and it was uh, just this this girl who had an amazing jazzy voice, Nora Jonesy esque, and it was just playing bass in her band, and it was really great. But this is this is like my new band, my project with them, and it's like writing my own songs, being the singer, and uh, yeah, we just. We we have a lot of different aspects to it. We we like to take from the old and bring to the new. Um, you know, we have like a lot of influence from the Doors, Led Zeppelin, like all these like interesting, like kind of heavy but psychedelic bands. And then we're trying to bring it to the new, like the the Doctor Dog and all these Mac DeMarco, and try and kind of bring the old and new together. And uh, it's just been really fun. Like just the community in San Francisco of musicians has been so supportive like there's no competition it's not like oh we're trying to beat you guys it's just like everyone's just like hey we're playing the show you guys are great like come open for us or you know it's just everyone's just so supportive it's great speaking of which how did you get on to the bellman's ball bellman's ball uh i've known parker and i've known all the hip did boys for quite some time we all went to usf together like i saw chris and tom play like their first show together it was like a, a university of san francisco we all went there together and uh we uh the dons, the, the dons yeah <laughs> school spirit um but yeah they they played like a show together and um we played the same t- it was like a talent show i don't know we just like met and started you know just became friends and appreciate each other's music and it's been cool do you do, are you wondering what who the bellman is 
Yeah, I have no idea who the bellyman is at all. It's not required to to play on the his no, ball. Yeah, you know him. No, you don't. I don't think I don't think anybody really knows him except for Hibdib. <laughs> That's true. Chris uh, gave us a very um, a valuable explanation. Oh, did he? You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you have to listen back here. But, yeah. Um, you as a musician, you've hung out in a lot of green rooms. Yeah, yeah. This is. I, this is so cool that you guys are doing it in here. I had no idea. Like, <laughs> some dude was just like, some guy who played in a Coyote uh, Trickster was just like, hey, you want to be on a radio thing? I was like, oh, sure. And he just like was like, all right, now you have to find the next person. And he just like dragged me in here. And I was like, oh, all right. Hey, Here's Brett. Situation. Can you remember a time in your life when you got caught red-handed doing something that you weren't supposed to be doing? Yeah, I was, um, I was with my bandmate, Nick, and he was a week from being 21. And we were walking out of his house, and he had a beer, and the cops came, and and they were um, they were just like, "Where's your idea?" Where's, they were just being very like, and he was he was not cooperating, and I was just like, "Oh God!" This must have been in San Francisco. This is in San Francisco, right, right on Twenty Fourth and Clement. This is like and end of college. Yeah, sure. it was my la- it was my senior uh, year, uh-huh. and I was an RA, so I was like supposed to be responsible, <laughs> and I was out like. You were an RA. <laughs> I was an RA. You yeah. Button your shirt up a little higher. <laughs> Dude, I was the worst, all right? But the best at the same time, depending on who, whose viewpoint. He's, doing <laughs> He's like, you're right. You're right. I need my to be responsible. Let's go, USF. Oh, my Dons. gosh. Yeah, Dons. <laughs> anyway, yeah, sorry. So you're on the street. Yeah, and, and this cop comes up and he was just like, where's your ID? Like, uh, can you be drinking? And then he was just being, he, was, he wasn't cooperating, and so it just made this situation and one of his roommates was this um he, was, he used to be in the military and he would he had passed out in his room playing music like so loud you could hear it a whole block away it was really bad and they were like knocking on his door the, the police came with a lot la- like a, the fire truck came with a ladder to his room and i was just watching this whole situation oh and i was like i'm just gonna get fired from being an ra i'm gonna be homeless <laughs> in san francisco like i was just like oh god and it was it was really uh, not a fun night but it was a very interesting that's night. awesome what instrument was he playing he wasn't playing. He wasn't playing. He was passed out. He was passed out, and um, he was just playing a uh, really intense like rap, just really, really loud rap. through the speakers. Yeah. Oh, he himself wasn't. He wasn't playing. He just had. He just, he just had, slapping. Yeah. He was. He was. I think he was knocked out on some kind of uh, narcotic, and then um, his music was left on really loud, so the whole neighborhood was. That's so good. Yeah, that's a weird house. Four two three twenty fourth Avenue. Brett. Richmond. Richmond. Yeah, <laughs> the right. Richmond. Being in a band, yeah. What's for you uh, the biggest benefit of it, and the biggest hindrance? The biggest benefit, I think, is just like just helping me be happy with my life. Like, it just nothing makes me feel happier than playing music with my band, and my friends, and it's uh like that's just like what I want to do. So that's great. And the it's hindrance, cute. huh? It's insanely cute. Thank you. Yeah, I love I'm, that answer. I'm being as cute as I can be. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you should fun, you know. <laughs> I should button it up. Is, um, yeah. And then the hindrance, I think, is just, um, there's no real hindrance. I think it's just like, you know, trying to be a musician in San Francisco is hard. So the hindrance is just like trying to figure out the rest of your life around music. But mm. it's totally worth doing. Um, are you, are you committed to that? Do you want to work your life around music? Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing. I mean, I was an environmental science major in college and I, I really care about uh, the environment and all these issues I learned about. But I don't know. I feel like my passion is music, and and so um, you know, hopefully someday that can they can converge and every sure. do everything together. I think there's room for overlap there for sure. Yeah, Neil Young. I mean, he does. He writes a bunch of amazing songs about right. the environment. And, does, and Willie Nelson too, right? Yeah. He's like he's big Willie. into the farmers. Uh, 
workers movement. Yeah, yeah. Like he's, he's, yeah. Yeah, my goal is to play music enough to make money to own a farm and then just live on my farm and play music. Great. Yeah. What would you grow? Um, I, it's weird, but like, I like to raise animals. Oh, like, I would love to raise animals. Yeah. No George Orwell. No, no, they wouldn't be talking and taking over. They would just be really happy. And maybe I, I don't, maybe I wouldn't have to eat them, but they would, they would have like a lot of animals and fun. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) A lot of dogs. Brett, what band are you in? One more time. Bodacious Ancients. And you play? Bass. Bass. Sing a little bit, yeah. So this is Brett from Bodacious Ancients, the bass player. He's live on Back Pocket, and he's going to have a lot of cool animals dancing to some great music one day. <laughs> Near future. Groovy. But he's not going to eat them. No, well, it depends. Brett, get off the mic before okay. you fucking... Yeah, before I say noise. something I'll regret. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, Brett. So, next up, we have a very special guest. It's one of my dear friends. I've known her for a long time, and she is actually the. Um, she's a. I mean, she's an honorable guest here tonight. I see her at almost every hibbity dibbity show. In Brett, thanks for being here, brother. We'll see you out there on the dance floor. Yeah, there we go. And the, the, this beautiful woman, you can't see her, unfortunately. She's made for TV, not radio. Um, she is the girlfriend of Parker Simon who is the bass player, another bass player, bass player of Hibbity Dibbity. Her name, though, is Molly Davis, and I once kissed her sister. And she is now <laughs> with us here on BFF.FM. Welcome, Molly. Hey, thanks. It's good to be here. It's you can't put me on the spot. I, ha- I had a rough night last night. I'm, I'm going I'm to preface that. Okay, so uh, my, my dear friend, Courtney, mm. she graduated this morning, and we went out to dinner with her parents. Yeah. And got a little wild, more than we expected wild with her to. Okay. Wild with her parents, yeah. And then we stayed out a little bit later. We went to a restaurant that we used to work out and got a little accidentally drunk. That's what oh, happened. Accidental drunk, yes. the most yes. dangerous. The most dangerous kind. But the, the most best. dangerous game. Yes. Yeah. The most fruitful so, mistakes yeah. come from accidental yes, drunkenness. So, so, so we're here now. We're here now. Right. And I'm pulling through. Are you drinking tonight? I am. Yeah. Good. I got my gin and soda. Gin and soda. You know. What did you drink last night? Tequila. Uh, ah, yeah. okay. Yeah. That's good. Tequila, they say. Molly. <laughs> Molly, you've, um, how long have you been with Parker? Three years now. Three years she's been About with the three basis years. of Right. So how many shows have you been to, if you had to guess? Throw <laughs> the dart. A lot. A o- lot. Over, I actually, under, yeah, under. I, I was just at Taylor's house, and I saw a picture of Tom, Parker, and our good friend Keenan. So that was when they were playing in a band together. Um, it's been a, it's been a lot of shows. Definitely a hundred. Wow, a hundred. Yeah. The number. I'll throw it out there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a, honestly that could be pretty accurate. It, it's yeah around a lot there. Of accidental drunkenness in those hundred shows. More yeah. intentional than accidental, yeah. probably. We're getting better. Come yeah, on, yeah, yeah. you can't portray me like this out no, on no, the no, airwaves. No, no. That's right. <laughs> Courtney's parents are probably listening. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> um, so, all right. I, I want to talk to you. you. You're not just a girlfriend, though. You have your own life. <laughs> uh, and although you are a lover of music, what what do you do, Molly? What do I do? What Currently, do you, well, what are you interested in? Well, yeah. next week I am going to India. I will be there. For, yes, I'm going again. So I leave next Saturday. I'll be there for two months. Why? And I'm going to be working for a company called Rustic Pathways. So I'll be leading uh, high school students through immersive travel experiences, as they like to put it. But 
I'm essentially a glorified camp counselor, and we'll <laughs> we'll be we'll be in India, we'll be in northern India, so Dharamshala, McLeod Ganj is actually what it's called, and we'll be doing community service. So they'll be placed in homestays with Tibetan refugees, practicing English, and then we go to a Nepali village and do some bricklaying, essentially, so house building foundations, all that goodness. That's awesome! Wow. I don't really know what to expect. What I'm ki- I'm kind of freaking out. Huh? What high school is this? So they're all over. So it's going to be American ah, gotcha. students, also probably some British, Canadian. Yeah. Well, who, who knows? I don't. I don't know what, who, what the students are going to be. How long are you there? Two months. Uh, seniors in high school. The ages are 16 to 18. Wow. Yeah. Rough. <laughs> so that's that's what I'm doing right now. That's my current project, and we'll see when I come back. Amazing. So good. Um, I'm just going to say it. Is your sister here tonight? She's not. She's not here tonight. <laughs> she is, you know, she's a bodacious babe, though. She is. Good reference. Yeah. I know. I thought I, I, thought I had to bring it full circle. That, that was, no, that she's was not high. here. It's really real. She's not here. She's got uh, a, new, a, a new man, though. Oh, uh, does she? Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. We should, yeah. You didn't need to say that on air. You could have told me <laughs> after the mics were <laughs> <laughs> Well, don't make me tell the story. Dude. I mean, it, should I? Just uh, yeah, tell the story. Let's hear. Okay, it. okay. Is this the Belina story? No, no, no. I don't know what that story is, but <laughs> you could remind me. So Christian ended up. My uh, name's McCardle. Oh, yeah, Bunners is what I actually call him. Ricardo. Uh, <laughs> he one night at Slim's has his eye on my darling sister. Who's older? Who's older? Yeah, That's yeah, she, yeah. She's twenty-seven. <laughs> And he just keeps coming up to me, and he's like, I'm going to kiss her. I'm going to kiss her. Like, you, you think you, I can't do it? I'm going to kiss her. Okay. Yeah, dude, you know, know, doing it, doing his whole shtick, and I'm like, no way. No way. Dude, it's not going to happen. discouraging me hard. Now I'm like, it's, there's no way. Anyways, next thing I know, they're in the back making out. And then he somehow snakes his way into our cab ride home. I tell, I tell, oh my, my, I tell my sister that he's like a great, you know, freestyler and and he he tries he tries but so poorly to the point that she thinks like i'm completely joking and i still have to like remind remind her that you know the boy's got some talent thanks for that and anyway so the story goes like this he ends up sleeping over really casual nothing happens but in the middle of the night while he's sleeping he jumps up on the bed and thinks that he's surfing so she witnessed this this is a real story. It's, it sounds any, made up. I genuinely don't remember this. So, yeah, so he jumps up on the bed and is like, you know, riding the waves. On her surfing Molly's sister's bed. Yeah. And she's like, what oh. the hell? Who is this kid? What's going on? Wakes him up. It's like, hey, you're dreaming. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, shit. And I was standing up to <laughs> my boxers looking around the room. I wasn't wet at all. I was probably dry. <laughs> Surrounded by beautiful Egyptian linens and nice smelling things and then I just realized oh yeah you should probably just sit down or lay down <laughs> just or go, at least not go be back to bed up. yeah to bed. <laughs> so I just went back to sleep and then we laughed in the morning because <laughs> yeah I couldn't open the front door to leave <laughs> so she had to get out of bed to needless to say <laughs> that's yeah. probably the last time they're ever gonna be 
yeah. smooching in the back of a bar. <laughs> we'll see about that. It's more discouragement. This is fuel to my fire. Okay. <laughs> I want to be part of your family, Molly. <laughs> Oh, uh, man, I remember when I met you, we met at Martell's Liquor Store. Really? In the Richmond District. Wow. down the street from here, right? Yeah. Like 18th and year or something. And we were there, and we were laughing. We had this, re- we had this really cool banter going on um, about the people that had, had been caught before stealing from Martell's. Oh, yes, They have those yes. funny little mug shots that they've printed, like printed from like an uh-huh. HP or something, <laughs> and like just kind of have on the cash register. And I remember you laughed at all my jokes, and I was like, all right, I'm down. Want to hang like, out with this girl changed. again? <laughs> <laughs> <Nothing's> changed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No way. Wow, that's pretty far out. Yeah, yeah I brought I bought my first uh, nudie magazine at Martell's. Did you? Yeah. They have them right there. I mean, it's like... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, how could you not? It's That's what I figured. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my first yeah. and last nudie magazine. <laughs> oh, man. Great. <laughs> Molly, um, thanks so much. So just so you know what we're doing here tonight is the whoever's the guest on the mic, once they finish, they go out into the Bellyman's ball world, into the Crystal Eye Zone, and they find the next guest to come on Ooh, the show. Great. So go out there, She's put your there. feelers out. I know you're good at this. I I've am. seen you and I, you're so good at this. <laughs> so I have high expectations. Um, and find someone that you think would be interesting for us to talk to, okay. and we'll have them on next. But until then, you're honestly, you're my favorite. I, I know, love seeing you on. at every show. You bring the vibe up. <laughs> Thanks for being on Back Pocket. <laughs> of great. course, this is wonderful. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks See you, Molly. See ya. Uh, yeah, okay, shotgun round of interviews here. Uh, this is like the most people have ever had. This is awesome. Uh, you're listening to Back Pocket here on BFF.FM, <laughs> broadcasting live from the green room with uh, is kind of burgundy. Uh, in the woods, um, here at the Melman's Ball. Look who we have right now. Look who showed up to play. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. We've seen you before. This is a Quinn Taylor takeover. <laughs> it's always a takeover when the Taylor's on the mic. Oh, yeah. Quinn Taylor. I mob deep, you know, and really I, um, I came to play the game. And uh, here's what I have to play. So this is a little bit of a um, an exposure piece. So I don't, I don't want to call you out too much, McArdle, but... The first time we actually partaked in uh, maybe some sort of illicit circle jerk, in, in, in an illicit circle jerk of dr- of drugs, yeah, at um, at, at Outside Lands, the first time that we went to Outside Lands in yeah. 2012. Yeah. So you you somehow we got connection in Outside Lands, which if you've ever been to Outside Lands, completely unheard of. It's like no service in outside land. Right. Somehow you managed to get a hold of me and you're like, dude, I'm with these two French chicks. Like, come through, meet me at the windmills. We met. Dude, we were like front row for MGMT. We were like front row for that shit. First, first time I ever smoked a joint with McArdle. I'm saying it on air. Oh, it was. Was with those French chicks. Watching MGMT, yeah, that was a gr- that was a phenomenal experience. I still remember the, like the aura, the aura across the like what was there like probably like 
40,000 people there, like, right. in the crowd, sure, right. just vibing. The ass, poppy, fucking keys. Dude. And there we were. Dude, I appreciate you bringing that back. That's great. Dude, you remember the feeling, right? It's all feeling. It's all about the electric feel. Alright. <laughs> now, now, Quinn Taylor, I got some questions for you. What's up, brother? So, this is really... This is about... <laughs> Let's get super... No, seriously. Um, <laughs> You're bringing up the circle turn. So, <laughs> Quinn works for the DA right now, oh, the district's attorney. Oh, you office. did call me out. Oh, and... Sure. I didn't actually smoke with McCardle in terms of just saying, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, yeah. No, but it was in 2012. It's your past. You're a reformed man. That's fine. I am, I am reformed. Um, so, my question for you is, you, you know that Sir recently he resigned, right? He did. The chief was of, asked to step yeah, down. The, the chief of police recently stepped right. down. And you sort of saw the development of that. Um, can you exp- you we were, we were having a, a bowl of Vietnamese noodles the other day together, and you explained to me the feud that was going on. You did a pretty good job. Um, oh, yeah, you like broke it down really simply for me of what was going on between the police, police of chief, chief of police, and um, the mayor and the DA, and sort of the connection there. And if you could, yeah, sort of just. Yeah, no, yeah, it's it's really been a tumultuous experience. Um, so, full disclosure, I'm actually interning, so it's not like I'm a paid employee. I'm by no means do does my opinion reflect the opinion of the district attorney's office or anything of the sorts. But with that said, there's been a lot of sort of chaos that's been going on between the uh, political political back and forth between the police and the district attorney's office and their like inability to work together. It's sort of like, so in 2011, Mayor Ed Lee appointed Chief of Police Greg Sir to be this, you know, paragon of virtue and sort of like hold the integrity of the city together through, um, you know, holding police accountable, which over the next six years or five years, uh, almost six, he has pretty much failed to do. Seen through all of the officer-involved shootings, all of the... Um, different sort of misconduct and uh, police brutality that's been going on in the city and you know the district attorney's job is to hold that guy accountable you know hold the cops accountable for what they're doing in the city and um, really protect the people and that's what it's all about and so what the DA has been doing has been trying to get the get the mayor to play ball with with the DA and sort of like get him to like force the chief's hand in pushing regulation on the police you know and how the police have been enforcing the law and it really with with all of the officer involved shootings such as mario woods um the different ones there was like i think there's been five officer involved shootings this year and it's there's an average of six every year and uh, i want to say like three of them are fatal every year and there had been just so much protest about, you know, peop- the people wanting Chief Greg Sir to resign, and the mayor essentially wasn't doing anything. You know, he just wasn't like he wasn't willing to play ball with the DA. The DA is trying to push for he put together this blue ribbon panel of transparency and accountability and fairness in law enforcement. Really, it's comprised of like three different judges tr- that are uh, designed to evaluate misconduct within the police force. And they just weren't, the police officers association was saying like, look, don't cooperate. Like we want to control this. We want to send people that will make us look good. We don't. So the pressure was there from the DA, but 
the DA did, didn't necessarily want Sir out, did they? Or did he? Um, I can't say that he wanted him out, but I think that it was the right thing to do as far as protecting the people. Because what Sir failed to do was hold his own force, his own police force, accountable for the misconduct that was going on. For instance, uh, just recently, the DA announced charges against two officers, two Alameda officers, who came all the way to San Francisco, chased a guy to San Francisco, um, beat him unconscious in a, allegedly, the case is still going on, uh, beat him uh, unconscious in a alleyway, and then took his wallet and took his chains and his watch and tried to give hush money to bystanders that had witnessed it. And so they would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for that menacing video camera in the corner of the alleyway that caught it all on video. Some of you might have seen this. You know, going on, if you go up and you look it up uh, on uh, whatever, the Alameda cops uh, beating a guy and taking his stuff. And so... Recently, just last week, the DA announced charges, assault charges, against those guys. And so he's really pushing for police reform. Whereas the Chief Sir, whose hand is sort of marginally controlled by the Police Officers Association, which is kind of a union that's designed to protect police officers and their interests and the image altogether of the police officers. Code. What did you say? The blue code. Yeah, the blue, the blue code. Well said. Yeah, and so... He, it's not that the DA wanted Sir out. He just wanted him to cooperate. You know, he wanted him to cooperate with this Blue Ribbon panel. He wanted him to cooperate with, um, he wanted the mayor to cooperate to sort of like just reassure the public trust in their police force. You know, the, the public clearly doesn't trust him. If you just saw, there was that 10-day um, hunger, hunger strike outside of the police department protesting wanting Chief Sir to resign because he's not holding cops accountable, you know? And essentially what happened, so there was this big protest with the, with the Frisco Five and the, the hunger strike, and they were saying, like, they had negotiations with the mayor, but it didn't seem like it was really going anywhere. So it almost seemed like that the, the movement to get him to resign had almost peaked. You know, it was almost like he was going to you know, stand his ground, Chief Sir speaking, he, he was going to stand his ground and not, you know, like, not be forced to resign because he had sort of outlived the controversy. And the mayor was on his side And as well. the mayor was on his side because right. he had appointed him in 2011. It might make him look bad if he... So, mm. this happens Thursday. This Thursday, um, two days ago, there's an officer, there's a, the officers pull this woman over on suspicion of driving a stolen vehicle, she doesn't pull over, or she speeds off after being pulled over, and she crashes into a utility vehicle. Her vehicle's wedged under the utility vehicle, so she can't move. She's totally immobilized. Um, one of the officers allegedly gets out of the car and shoots her with one shot and kills her. This just happened Thursday. And She's black. No, uh, I'm actually not totally positive on the demographics but of, or what her race was, but... It's a, it could be assumed that she was she was probably she was probably African American. Who knows what kind? Of, there's already there's been the scandal with the racist and homophobic text messages. I don't know if you guys have read that. Yeah, and so there's all this controversy about like they're disproportionately um, antagonizing people within minority groups. 
And so then this woman dies of another of officer-involved shooting after so many this year. So this would be the sixth officer-involved shooting this year in San Francisco. And the mayor's hand is, a forcefully, is essentially forced to, to talk to Greg Sir and then Greg Sir that night, hours after the shooting, announces his uh, resignation as chief of police. I mean, this is pretty big because now the mayor has assigned the police officers commission and um, some other regulating body on that's going to look for a new replacement for a chief, sir. And it's, it's supposedly, you know, since the police commission, the police officers commission is sort of more of a regulatory body of, of policing. So it's not like a, it's it's not like they're playing ball with them. Like they're gonna look for somebody who's gonna hold people accountable. You know, they're gonna look for somebody, a real leader to lead San Francisco. So I think that with Sir's resignation resignation, although you may disagree or agree with it, I think it's really good for the city. And I think that we're gonna find somebody to replace him who will really hold the police officers accountable and reduce the number of officer-involved shootings and come up with pragmatic ways of solving, uh, you know, th- crises like the homeless crisis, the me- mental health crisis, and different things that are problems that the city really faces that have very real solutions. I hope so, but I wonder if I wonder if that's possible with the governing body of Merrily in power over the city. Is he, is he going to be the one who appoints the new chief of police, or will it be someone else? Will it be um, democratically elected? So he's essentially si- assigned these uh, two separate bodies, the police commission and uh, another governing body that I'm not, I can't quite remember who it is, but essentially to pick for him. Because uh-huh. he, I think w- he seems like a relatively reasonable guy. I have to say that. He seems like he uh, is willing to cooperate enough to let somebody else pick the chief of police. You know, whether or not that's something to say, like, he's willing to work with uh, other people and let them make the decision, or if he's just not trying to be held accountable for who gets chosen, who's to say? We're going to see. You know, either way, it plays in his favor, you know? So I think that's a very smart political uh, position to take. But whether or not it's going to change under Mayor Ed Lee's rule, well, we'll we'll have to wait and see. And, you know, if it doesn't turn out in his favor, well, in another four years, we have an opportunity to pick somebody else. And so we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. With us is Quinn Taylor. He's an intern with the district attorney, Gascon. Here in Gotham City. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, reflecting on uh, the current event of the resignation of chief of police, sir. Um, thanks for being with us, Quinn. Yeah, thanks, Quinn. Absolutely, that's, that's absolutely. Great. I just want to say again, this, these are my personal views um, from empirical <laughs> evidence I've gathered. I am in no way connected, you know, to these opinions. These are not the opinions of District Attorney George Gascon, who I wholeheartedly support, and I think he is a great guy. I think he's a great guy, but these are not his opinions. These are my opinions, and these are my ideas. So I'm just saying that. Thank you guys for having me on the show. I'm gonna go find you a guest. You should probably do a disclaimer before you get off the mic. So, full disclaimer, yo, 
you don't rap now? I don't know. I don't know. I thought that's what I felt like it was going to be. I, I thought you were asking me to rap. I, I don't know. I who, do got, who do we got laying in the back doing the Cleopatra pose? Some, somewhere in the back. So, so I actually sneakily tagged someone via text message. Yes. Oh. While, awesome. while I was on. Ooh, so sneaky with it. Good producer. <laughs> um, would you like to be on um, King Pharaoh? Are you in any condition to be on right now? Okay. All right, thanks, thanks, guys. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. Someone was taking a nap in the screen room, and we are pulling him off the couch, away from the pillow, onto the mic, headphones strapped. What's your name? Oh, hello. My name is Travis Hayes. Your name is Travis Hayes. Travis Hayes, I had to talk to you to get my friends on the guest list, so first and foremost, I'd like to thank you for putting them on that list, because they're the reason that this is broadcasting live, and you were a part of that, so thanks. Even more directly than that, uh, Travis Hayes gave me the Wi-Fi code so we can be online. I'm pretty much just the handiest person. Travis Hayes, god damn, do you have have any beer on you right now? (laughs) Yeah, I can get you guys beers. I told you, I can do all the things. Travis Hayes, um, do you work for Neck of the Woods, the venue that we're at right now? Yeah, I book. Uh, I didn't book any of the bands today. Mm-hmm. That was all the Hip Dip Boys. But um, any other day, I book most of the bands here. You're the booking agent for Neck of the Woods. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the in-house talent buyer here. Great, man. Um, how long have you been doing that? I've been here two, almost three years. Right. And before that, I booked bands over at the Parkside in nice. Trail Hill. I also play in a few bands and. Do you normally Just nap on the job? Things. No, today I do. It's been a long day. <laughs> when you throw an event that goes from 2 p.m. to 2 a.m., and I'm one of the only people that's here throughout the whole thing. It's, right, you've uh, been here for a while. What time yeah. did you get here this morning? Um, I don't know, around 1, when everyone was loading in. Did you eat a balanced breakfast? Uh, Soylent? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was good. I take care of myself. You look like it. You look pretty healthy. You have to. But it was yeah. like too like sitting back there was too easy to just sure. lay down uh, for a second. So no, no, I won't hold it against you. <laughs> this is a, you've created a very comfortable environment in here. It's <laughs> good. I have to. I should have come in here a lot sooner. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the Red Bull nightlight. <laughs> Travis Hayes. Um, so you you've booked a lot of bands here at Neck of the Woods. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, why don't you tell me what what gets you to book a band? What do they have to say in their pitch email to you? If you're not finding them and they're finding you and they're a band you haven't heard of, what do they have to say to get you to say yes to them? Hmm, it's kind of a lot about I don't know. I'm <laughs> I guess I think everyone that books shows is a little bit different. Some people just want bands that can bring a lot of people, um, and some band people just book people. Uh, they bands they like, you know, they're just very like subjective. So I don't know. I think I ve- I waver the line somewhere in the middle there. But sometimes more than not, I get really caught up on like certain pet peeves that bands. What <laughs> are those? Then, like, hey, book our band, and then they don't include like links to any of their music <laughs> to hear. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. You, it's like you send an email to someone and you want to play a show. <laughs> You have about 30 seconds to convince them you should play. Right. And people either go one of a few routes. They either say too much or they don't give you enough. <laughs> Interesting. So, huh. you know, bands that find that happy medium of, like, pulling you in, gauging your interest, and then that usually works. Yeah, but, but what about Hibbity Dibbity? They're a bunch of weird dudes with crystals in their pockets. Why did you book they that? Are. Oh, man. I booked... 
I booked Hibbity Dibbity. I've booked them a lot of times over a lot of years. So. But the first time, seriously, what made you take that leap of faith to go with the long-haired boys uh, that claim they play swamp funk music? Chris is a friend of mine. We went to school together. Uh, that was it. That was literally, <laughs> that was go, literally it. Just by association. Yeah, and then he's like, I have this band, this new band. And then they played, and they brought a lot of people <laughs> for that like first show which makes you look good yeah i was just like oh wow okay cool i mean they were you know they're in college so it's like a lot of they're bringing a lot of college friends you know there's like less to do out there so they brought a lot of people in but now they just bring tons of people in their own merit so it's it's good it's kind of what you want you want your friend you want to see your friends bands grow into something cool it's inspiring, I think, really, because they are a local band. They went to USF. They grew up in this neighborhood as a band. And it's awesome that you gave them the chance to throw this show tonight, the Bellyman's Ball. And it looks like it's been a massive success. So I want to thank you for having us be a part of it. Yeah, of course. This is fun. I didn't even know about this until, like, yesterday. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> yeah. This is the first time a radio, a radio show happened in the neck of the woods. Yeah, no, but it's like, it, uh, it worked. I don't know. You know how hibbity-dibbity, like roles and so I thought I'm not going to get too stressed out about anything that's thrown my way <laughs> today. I'm just going to be like everything's good so I'm glad you guys found this you know, relatively mellow hole this in the, is a, in the This back. is like the, the perfect spot for us. We were honestly kind of worried. We were going to be just, I don't know five feet away behind that wall and I think it would have been done by the first No, this hour. is perfect. Fans don't need a green room. The radio show needs a green room. <laughs> I think we need to talk to Travis about doing a radio station, <laughs> building a radio station in the green room of the woods. Forget the green room. New radio station here. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Travis, brother, thank you so much for everything. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having man. me, man. And we'll see you out on the dance floor. I'll, uh, I'll bring some beers in here for you guys. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> thanks for having me. You're listening to Back Pocket here on BFF.FM. We have 10 minutes left, and... Uh, yeah, let's, uh, the Bellman's Ball. All right, we have a, uh, a quick little little interview here. All right, you're going to be our last interview. Kuwait, before you start talking, have a story, a beginning, a middle, and end with characters, plot points, conflict, and perhaps resolution before you start speaking. If you don't have that, don't talk. And you only have three minutes to tell the story. So think about it. You have ten seconds to think about what story you want to tell. I already have it. One... This, I don't want a fairy tale either. I want something for your life, man. This is real life. In the all black and leather jacket. So, a story, okay? Narrative. Let's go. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, so this story takes place late October 2012, right about um, harvest season. So, when everyone's cropping all their plants, all this stuff. Sitting home late night kind of just playing video games i'm like uh you know pockets are itching i'm like kind of broke at this stage not super broke but i'm like i need money a couple of homies hit me up like hey we know some people that are about to crop south sac originally from sacramento by the way right six. Uh, so yeah so from south sac near kind of hiram johnson asians growing stupid perp <laughs> so um we're like okay all right we're about to hit this stuff so Meet up with my homies. We game plan for about like three hours. We roll over to the house around 9 p.m. We're like, okay, we're gonna wait around two, three. This dude stays up all night. Kind of other homies scoping out the spot. 
it's my homie Travis and a homie Marcos. Back in the day, they're both kind of ex-cons now, but they're both ex-cons. <laughs> um, but yeah, so pretty much, you know, I uh, I pull up in my 1990 Acura Legend, kind of just a super bucket status. Hot. First, yeah, first hand me down car, whatever. You know, we uh, we meet up kind of near College Greens, Isak. Game plan everything. We're like, all right, we're gonna clip plants, blah blah, all this stuff. So, pull up to the house. At the time, the dude's sons were there. They pull away. We kind of scope around two hours, pull back around, pull up. They were like, okay, it's good to go. He's asleep. My homie Marcos, first one, hop over the fence. I'm like, second. And then my homie Travis is on the fence. With fence. The, he's well, he's posted on the fence with a gun, pointed at the with door. A, with a gun. Well, because we're stealing someone else's plant, so like, <laughs> like so. Oh, I missed that. I, did I, I miss that? I missed that. Oh, okay, yeah. Back up. You're stealing someone's marijuana plant. Yeah, so this to is like resell. Yeah, this is like late October, so we're gonna clip the whole plant. And you're three people. One guy has a gun. Two people are going into the house to steal the plant. From no, some, no, no, not in the house. This is outdoor growth. Outdoor so in the backyard. to steal the backyard plant. Yeah, so it's about like a, not a huge backyard, but it has over a hundred plants. And how in old it. are you at the time? This is like 2012, so this is right after I graduate high school, so I'm like 19 at the time. Right, okay, and you're ready, and you said you were stealing it from a couple of um, uh, local growers. Yeah. How did you know they were growing weed? Dude, it, it, my my homie was plotting on it for a minute. And okay. Dude, dude with a gun? Yeah. <laughs> so, well, actually, speaking like of a that, real he, gun? Real, he actually just recently he's back in prison now he just got arrested for for a stolen gun and possession and all kinds of shit but yeah so pretty much he's posting on the fence good, good. homie marco's clipping the plants i'm tossing the plants over they're probably listening right now give him a shout out <laughs> nah, i have no idea anyway <laughs> they're 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 locked down so i highly doubt they have yeah, yeah, we're radio big, we're big on but yeah radio. so throwing the plants over yeah. get all the plants load them up into the car by this time it's probably like 5 30 so like the sun's like on the perk of rising so there's kind of a little bit daylight everyone's it's sack on their on to work rush all this shit so we probably have like 20 plants stuffed in like a 1990 acura legend no tint nothing in the trunks back seat all this shit so hop in the car we take off and like no joke when i'm talking about this shit is hot like this shit is hot like headlights are shited through my car and all you see is weed plants and like oh we're just mobbing and then at this time, dude, like, I have no headlights on. I can't see shit. My homie Travis like, turn on your headlights. Soon as I turn on the headlights, dude, I go straight into a center median, smack a sign. And then, like, I'm on this center median to where my front wheels are off the ground and all Acura's are front wheel drive. So we fucking smack this center median into the side. And then our front wheels are off the ground. And then we have, like, 20-something plants that are <laughs> that are all stolen. And it's like right in front of Hiram Johnson High School in Sac. So we're just like, oh shit. I'll hop out the car. We're trying to push my car off the center media to get the wheels back on to put it in reverse. And we finally get it in reverse. I drag a sign with me for about like half a mile. We pull over, get the sign off. By this time we smash, like, cause we're deep in the South. So then we smash off to 65th, if anyone's familiar with Sac. So we're on 65th going towards Highway 50. Sure. 65th is a side street that leads to the freeway. Yeah, so yeah, so we're on 65th, about to get on Highway 50 towards Rancho and all that shit. And then we're on the freeway. Now we're on the freeway. It's us three. We're all fucking blacked out with just hella weed plants. When you say blacked out, you're drunk driving. 
No, not blacked out. I mean, like, just, like, blacked out. Like, we just hit a lick. Like, we just ran up in someone's house. Like, oh, right. black sweater, black BD. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, dude. <laughs> so, we literally have to mob from University in 65th all the way to, to all the way over near College Reeds with 20-some plants. Yeah. Stolen. Get back to the house. Hang them all up. Start trimming down. And then from there, you know, we all shake hands. Good job. And then, you know, I came off, like, three pounds off that. My other homies ate good. We all ate good. You all ate good. We all ate good, but I will say, like, with quick money, I mean, like, seven months later, I got hit with some dumb shit to where, like, that amount of money that I made, I lost, and then plus more, so. Right. Moral of the story is karma will bite you in the ass eventually. The quick money gets spent as fast as you fucking earn it, so in the nighttime of you hitting a lick on someone's house, it, really it's going to be Were gone. you nervous that these guys were going to catch up with you and find out that you had robbed them? Yes or no? Um, that always plays in your head, but, like, growing up how we grew up, it's it's an adrenaline rush, and yeah. you already mentally prep yourself for that. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't, like, the first time we've ever done shit like that. I don't do shit like that now just because... Well, they're probably listening right now, so if you want to apologize to them... Can't really apologize. <laughs> uh, anyway, but hold on, hold on, hold on, really quick. I'll use a pseudonym for you. Young Jandy Raxon. Um, thank you. Breezy, aka HD Paper Sacks. But yeah, moral of the story sure. is earn earn your paper honestly. And Snapchat. I, I'm get this video. Herb Dean's in the building with me right now while I'm doing this interview. Best referee in the UFC. Best referee in mixed martial arts. Dude never calls, never stops a fight early, and he never stops a fight too late. He's always in there at the right time, and dude, it's honestly, dude, it's almost as sick seeing you like live in person as when you're on TV and you're like fully suited up, octagon. So it's pretty dope. So I'm gonna end my interview, but Herb Dean's up next. This is your last right, interview. Herb Dean, we only have a few minutes, so we want to get you on here because then the next show is starting. But we do want you on, so if you could come yeah. on for just a minute, that'd be great. Irv I'd love Dean. to just hear from you really quickly. Alright, so Irv Dean is a, um, a UFC, is that right? UFC. UFC, right. Okay, uh-huh. you're a UFC referee. You look That's like you're a fighter, but you're not. No, I retired. I used to fight. Okay. I retired a long time ago. But yeah, I lo- um, that's what I do. I referee fights. All right, what's the uh, best story you ever seen in the ring, ever? Uh, real quick, under 30 seconds. Okay, I, I'm not going to do that because I don't, I'm not that kind of person who has best. And our sport is so amazing. They give you so many bests time after time after time. There is no best for me. So I don't, I'm like, like, you know how some little kids have like a favorite color? I'm an adult, <laughs> so I don't have favorites anymore. I appreciate that, man. Um, Fighting, really quick, in, in, in yes or no, um, is fighting uh, a natural human instinct? Yes, or, oh, it, it all is. things fight. Yeah, all things, all things fight. fight. Yeah, is it wrong in any way? No, fighting no, even, even, even plants fight. Some plants kill other plants with their shade. Everything on this 